And what I've learned with working with, you know, world leaders, celebrities, like billionaires, is that they go through the same thing that we go through. It surprises you, it shocks you every single time. You know, it's like this awe of like how fast things can change when you're playing the energy game. Like things that were impossible become inevitable. Things that take decades, nobody could figure it out. It happens in minutes. It is just this whole new outlook in life. Everybody does energy work, they just don't know it, right? Because the thing is, energy is the life force that runs through our body. My name's Mimi Bouchard, founder of Superhuman, the transformational app that helps you become your future self so that you can finally start attracting more joy, abundance, health, wealth, and love into your life. And that's also my mission on this podcast. Meet people whose lives have been transformed in big and small ways, but always for the better. They tell me how they did it so that you can too. Oliver, thank you so much for being here with me today. I want to start by unraveling the depth of what you do. Most people might understand energy healing as a form of alternative therapy, but you go way beyond this. And I'd love to hear from you. What is the fundamental truth behind your work? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's interesting. Like, you know, it's very surreal for me even saying that energy healing is what I do. Because like my background is business, building businesses, growing them, selling them. And that's for me, that's my first love. And energy healing came not because I wanted to go out there and heal people. At the beginning, I didn't even think, one, it was possible. And second, I, I was like, why me? You know, like, and I don't look like the part. I can't meditate. I, you know, I'm not dressed in all white. I don't have these clean images and things that I, I would think if you think about a healer, it's like it's very specific. I can't be in the mountain like, you know, for 18 hours a day, you know, not talking to anybody and being solid. It's just not me. Right. But I, I got to a place to where I'm like, gosh, my life needs to get better. I was looking at business and I wasn't happy. It was stuck. I was looking at relationships and I wasn't happy with that either. I was attracting people that were, you know, toxic and draining my energy that I attracted, like I let it like it was me. Right. And I wasn't happy with my focus, my clarity, my energy levels, everything in general. And I tried as much as you can think of from working on your mind, working on your emotions, and they kind of work sometimes, not consistent. And I would have to deal with the same issue again and again and again. And when I discovered energy, it was the one thing to where I did it. And when I did it, it worked. It worked really, really well. It got me further than anything I ever tried. It's consistent. And a lot of times it's a one and done. If I get it right, then the issue doesn't show up again. And not only does that issue not show up again, but I realized it was a domino effect that that issue was contributing to, to dozens, you know, of other issues. And for some reason, by my addressing it on the energetic level, all the other things were non issues anymore. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, life's too short to go the long route with this energy is the way to go. It's, it's getting me results when nothing else has. And I think that was the, the beginning of me being like, you know what? I don't know what this is. This is very uncomfortable because I'm predominantly left brain and skeptical and, and the numbers and I'm just very business minded. So for me to shift over to surrender and faith that energy and visible world that I really can't see, but I can't. I can't deny its effects, but I can't really see it. It's like oxygen. I'm breathing it, but I can see it, right? It was just very hard. But once I started seeing the results, I'm like, I got to go deeper in this. There's something to this 
I'm going to go deeper. And that was the beginning of my journey. It was not to heal others. Quite frankly, it was just to improve the quality of my life, you know? And what was the first big thing that you tackled with your own life through this energy work that you were like, oh my gosh, this works. What, what convinced you of this work? So for me, it was, so it was business. It was abundance at first. So it was, I remember um, there was a point in the business and gosh, close to 20 years ago to where no matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, no matter like how many hours I worked, you know, it just like, it came to diminishing returns. It didn't give me more results in my business. And back then that was the dangling carrot from the universe. It's like business abundant. So that was the one that was like in, in my face or I was like, it was my motivator. It was my, my biggest teacher back then. So I, you know, reluctantly through a, uh, recommendation of a friend saw an energy healer and he did a healing on me. And the way he described it is that, you know, we have energetic blocks in our body and some of these energetic blocks, yes, it's caused by our environment or it's caused by traumatic events that happened earlier on in life, or it's caused gestationally when you're in your mom's womb, your mom's going through some trauma. And that next thing you know, it's passed on and you have it, you didn't create it, but you're experiencing it or it can be generational. Your great, great grandparents had it. Your grandparents had it. Parents have it. Now you have it. You think it's yours, but if you zoom out, you're going to start seeing it's a pattern that's been going on for generations. So once I realized that there's these blocks and they're lodged in our body and they're what stops us from what we want to where we're like, gosh, it feels so close, but how come no matter what I do, I can't get there. Now, everybody else seems to, but I just can't, you know, typically it's energetic blocks, but I didn't notice back then, like, you know, he was explaining a bit of a high energy work and I got a healing from him and I was so skeptical because I'm like, gosh, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not feeling, I'm not, I'm not experiencing anything. It's just like 30 to 40 minutes of awkward silence with this guy. And he said to me towards the end, like, you know, you've got energy blocks in your heart. A lot of them must pass on from your father. I cleared it. So in the next four to six weeks, you know, you should be getting more abundance. So, you know, than you had before. So I thought it was just a joke. Five weeks later, like an, an opportunity came out of nowhere and I made more in a day than I did an entire year. And I was like, what is going on? Is this a prank? What has happened? What have I tapped into? What is this energy thing? And I was just in such shock and disbelief because I was like, how is this even possible? And I think that that rattling of my world, you know, showed me that there was another way that I've never considered. And ever since then, I'm like, you know what? I don't care how deep the rabbit hole goes. I'm going to explore it because I've had more progress in this than anything I've ever tried. So it will be foolish for me not to. So my mind kind of got on board because it's like, how can you not? So that was one of the, the many things, but that was one of the monumental things that kind of woke me up and was, I was like, wow, okay, got it. Let me try it out. Absolutely. And it's so impossible to see energy with your eyes. So, so many people don't believe that it has such a crucial impact on our realities. So for me personally, I completely am aligned with this and my work is also dedicated to helping others shift their energy and create their future self frequency. I call it just aligning themselves with that energy of their future, of their desired best self. And you keep mentioning energy work. So other people helping you. Tell me a little bit about what that actually means because I only really know, I've done Reiki a few times, but I only really know about like me doing a meditation or actively visualizing with my mind raising my energy, but I don't know too much about 
external people helping me change my energy. So tell me all about that. It's funny. It's one of the only times I've done it because afterwards I was like, gosh, I got to be able to do it by myself. So I went this exploration of doing it, but it could be external. It can be internal because a lot of the times people don't realize that everybody does energy work. They just don't know it, right? Because the thing is energy is the life force that runs through our body. So for example, let's say you wake up and you are discombobulated and you're just overwhelmed and you're so much energy. And the first thing you do is you work out or you dance. People don't realize that's energy work because energies get stuck and you're moving your body. You're releasing excess energy. Therefore, it doesn't build up and become anxiety. It doesn't build up and become overwhelming. You're releasing it. Or when people journal, don't realize it's energy work. People take a salt bath, don't realize it's energy work. Salt bath clears the energy. You're journaling that all the energy from the suck in your heart and in your body leaves your body through the pen and it's now on paper. It's now transmuted to the paper. Therefore, you can breathe. Being around animals sometimes can have energetic effects because they take people's energies and they help them with it. So when I look at energy, I look at it more holistic. Yes, is there one that I do? Right nowadays, I, I train a lot of healers. They can do energy work on themselves and other people, and they're learning how to tune in to see where the energetic blocks are in the body and lovingly remove it. Sure. Is that the only way? No. The way I look at it is we're spiritual beings in this physical body. Therefore, we came prepared. And a lot of times it's the simple self-care things or things that we have an affinity to since childhood that clear our energy and make us peaceful, whether or not your parents are like, oh, you're a water baby. You like being in the water or you just like running around barefoot, grounding, not knowing or being under the sun. Or you like being alone or you like your animals. Or you just like creating things, singing, dance. We don't put two and two together because again, they're so natural to us. And as a society, sometimes we're trained to where what we want, it's got to be difficult. It's got to be outside of us. It's got to there's got to be conflict versus like it's within us. It's hardwired within us. We naturally, when we're stressed, we do things to alleviate that stress to make us feel calm. And that in itself is energy work. But again, nobody talks about it like that, right? We think about it as Qigong or Reiki and all those different things, which is a form of it. But for me, I believe that even if somebody's never heard of energy work and never had somebody external, you know, work on them, they're doing it all the time. Because again, we're energetic beings and what we do, what we don't do has synergy either way. So everything we do has an energetic output. Therefore, like, you know, energy work happens all the time. It's just that we're not conscious of it. Wow, that's incredible. So I know how to read my own energy because I know myself and I know how I feel. How do you read someone else's energy? People have different ways of naturally doing it. I mean, it can be learned, of course, but I look at empaths, for example, like, and I look at them as three different types of empaths. One is a knower. You walk in a room, you know, you walk with somebody and you just know what they're going through. Yes, no. You're just like, oh yeah, they're sad, right? You interact with the energy and your mind's like, can figure out what it is. And there's second level, which is feelers. If they're feeling anxious, your body just does more than just know that they're feeling anxious processes it in your body to where now your body's releasing hormones or chemicals to now now you feel anxious. You don't know why you feel anxious but you you are. And it's because you know you're processing somebody else's energy. And then there's the embodier, which I've seen happen a lot of times. If they have shoulder pain, they're breathing funny, if their knee hurts, when you're around them, all of a sudden you, in the, for a moment in time, your body processes the energy to where you might feel it physically temporarily. And you're like, what's going on? But when all three are happening, you feel lost. You feel like, I was just fine. Now I'm feeling everything that they're feeling, right? Because you're processing their energy differently. 
And it's funny because you don't have to be in front of somebody to experience it. I mean, how many times have you had it to where you're randomly thinking about somebody you haven't talked to for a while? And then that day they call you or text you and email you and they're like, I was thinking about you too. Because the moment you think about them or they think about you with strong emotions or curiosity, energy goes there. And if you're open to it, you get a little pain. You're like, whoa. And you just chuck it up to coincidence, but that's how energy works, right? So for me, there's that where we have that at times, or there's more of like the one I do where I formally train people to where it's like, you can tell with your hands once they're activated, where the energy blockages are, where are they stuck? So you can at least know the area because each area correlates to a specific part in your body or a specific area of your life, whether it's love, abundance, purpose, speaking your truth, standing your power. I mean, different areas have a different different thing it affects as far as physical and then your life as well. So a lot of it is it can be awakened because a lot of times people have it, but it's dormant. It can be activated. The people are wanting to learn. Or a lot of times just we have it as empathic beings walking on this planet. You still, we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So it's like a deep intuition and you needing to be receptive and open to it and with your hands being able to sense. So does that mean you can only do this in person or do you also have the ability virtually? 98% of what I do is virtual. Wow. Because the thing is, because yeah, in person, yeah, you can do it. But once you realize you can connect with somebody's energy like that, like some of the things about you, well, you feel it. doesn't matter where they are in the world. Everybody that does, you know, that, that I've certified as a healer, they all prefer doing it remotely, especially like, you know, when things shut down a few years ago, everybody was doing it remotely, right? And it was the norm. And a lot of times it's hard for people to think about it that way because they're like, gosh, all they see is face-to-face. Is it, is it as powerful if it's remote? But I've seen it just be as effective remote than face-to-face. That's so interesting. So can you sense my energy right now? We're talking on Zoom, basically. I mean, I can like, so if I'm like scanning that I'm like third eye, heart, power center. So what does that mean? Your third eye, you know, it's good. Third eye, you see ghosts, you see spirits. Sure. Not all the time. You can feel them. You can hear them. You don't always see them, right? My, you know, my wife sees them. I feel them. So different modalities and processing energy, but it can also be intuition. So for you, third eye is the entry point of how you process energy. And the first thing that it affects is your heart and your power center. Because when you're with people, you feel their pain, right? And it throws you off your power at times because if it's too overwhelming, then you might be in Zen. And all of a sudden you're thrown off because of all the pain that you feel that they went through, or you just can tap into that and it throws you off your power because now you can't send your power because it's too overwhelming. It's not a bad thing that that's affected. Actually, it's a great thing because in my mind, I have the same thing as well. But for me, if I know what they're going through, then I can assist in helping them. There's a higher purpose to that. It's a gift, right? But if you don't know it's a gift, then you're like, oh gosh, why am I just feeling this and being affected by everybody, anything? I just want to hide versus like, yep. I'm feeling this. Sorry, you're going through that. It gives me empathy. I can now help because I know what you're going through. So for you, that is the, the entry point. And it's more, it can be around the people you're talking to. It can be like this virtually. It can be people you're around. You're walking to a mall. You just get it. It can be having lunch with somebody. You get it. It can be you're getting an email or a text. You get it. But those are the two things that immediately get affected from your third eye. And everyone's different, but for you, that's that's the one. Right, it's allowing other people's emotions to influence mine. Absolutely, and a lot of times like, yes, are there emotions that are yours? Absolutely, should you be taking accountability for the ones that are yours? Sure, but what if 70, 80, 90% of the emotions that you feel in a day aren't yours? Then taking them on, making decisions with them is really not the best way to go versus just 
taking a second, maybe being by yourself, doing your self-care, and then ask yourself, is this mine? Whose is this? Who did I talk to? It could be very well be yours, but you'll be surprised with how many times, you know, you're like, I'm feeling this. And you're like, gosh, I got a text from somebody. And this is normally how they think and feel. And you're just like, ah, right? And you put two and two together. And once you start realizing that, you're like, gives you freedom because you can be like, I can love it and you release it and step into what I authentically feel that's mine. And when you know the difference of what's yours and what's not yours, it's extremely liberating. That's incredible. Thank you for that advice. I completely resonate with that. You've conducted over 20,000 sessions. That's an enormous amount of energy that you've interacted with. What has this extensive experience taught you about the human condition? What it's taught me is that things can change like this, really. And I've seen it happen so many times where you can live a life and it feels like you're in a movie. Pinch me. It's like daily miracles. And it never gets old. It surprises you. It shocks you every single time. You know, it's like this awe of like how fast things can change when you're playing the energy game. Like things that were impossible become inevitable. Things that take decades, nobody could figure it out. It happens in minutes. It is just this whole new outlook in life of it doesn't matter what you've experienced today. It doesn't matter what your story is. It doesn't matter if everybody's told you it's not possible. Things can change really, really quickly through energy when people are open and they, they're willing to take action and face the things that come up and lovingly heal and release them. It's, it's, I've seen you say impossible to where if you told me 20 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, right. <laughs> but, but it's so hard when you see it all the time. Like, you know, you got thousands of people that we've certified in 80 plus different countries. So when they're telling me the results that they're getting for other people. And it's just no longer me. I'm not just Oliver, the spiritual activator, and I'm the only one that can do it. That wasn't the goal. It was like, the world needs it. So I got to be able to get a lot of people to do what I do to even make a dent in, in the world. So for me, yeah, it's just the idea that nothing is permanent. Nothing is ever a life sentence. Nothing is impossible. And things can change in an instant, even if you've tried everything and anything all your life, as humans, you know, we are creators of our reality, whether we acknowledge it, whether we like it or not. And if we can adopt beliefs, if we can take on different ways of thinking and being, then we can undo them and choose ones that are more serving for us, you know, energetically and even like mentally and emotionally. So for me, it just shows human potential, like what's possible against all odds. You have a lot of celebrity and high-profile clients, including Gwyneth Paltrow, Nina Dobrev, Tony Robbins, Miranda Kerr, so many. Yeah. Do you find that fame and public life leave a unique imprint on someone's energy? I believe, honestly, it magnifies who you already are. Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, there are tools. Like, yes, is it when you have paparazzi or when you're, or you're, when you're in the headlines of the news and you're going through a crisis? In that moment, do you need to do more because more is demanded of you? Sure. But they're the same tools. Like, you know, somebody that, that is going through a crisis and they're in tabloids might have the same impact as somebody who just filed for divorce or somebody who just filed for bankruptcy or somebody who just got a diagnosis. And what I've learned with working with, you know, world leaders, celebrities, like billionaires is that they go through the same thing that we go through. It's same types across humanity. It's nothing that's different. 
they also do the work. And there are people that I met that do the work, people I met that don't do the work uh, across the board for everybody. So what I've learned, like we're working with a lot is just seeing how people deal with things at higher and higher and higher levels of pressure, because that's always constant. If you have five or 10 people don't like you, right? Or they comment in, your, in, in a post, it would affect you. You're like, gosh, why do people not like me? Right? What's going on? Like, what, what did I do? It brings about this innate fear of losing love and connection or being ostracized, for example. But with people who have more notoriety or limelight, it may be 30,000, 50,000 people, who knows, that are tuning in and now it's more energy towards it. So it becomes in a lot of ways an energy game because now if somebody's affected with one person thinking about you, then someone's gravely affected when 30,000 people or a million people are thinking about you. So now it becomes all about energy management. What practices do you do, which they're similar, whether or not you're celebrity or not, practices are similar. It's just that you might need to take a day off or a week off or do more self-care just to match the level of external demand that you're getting at any given moment. So it's just really energy management. So yeah, it's just, it's just taught me and shown me like that, you know, tech, these techniques, these practices, they work regardless if, you know, you're a celebrity or not, because I feel like the tools are the tools, the tools. And some days we go all in and use everything we've got. And some days we're flying high. We're barely using anything, right? But being prepared for both scenarios and situations is ideal. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you about one of my favorite health hacks. I am obsessed with how Organifi makes it so easy to figure out what you need based off of your goal. On their website, they literally have a shop by goal tab so you can find the products that will help you with your specific goal. So whether you want weight management, sleep improvement, energy, general wellness, or even brain health, you can go to their website and they can show you what will help. Organifi's products are pretty darn incredible. The quality of the ingredients that they use, they're 100% organic. And the fact that their products genuinely taste incredible is why I have been a consumer of their products for about three years now, very consistently. It is one of my favorite health hacks and my favorite products from Organifi is the green juice I have in the morning. Try the crisp apple flavor. It is so freaking good. I also use their vegan vanilla and chocolate protein powders. Delicious. I am obsessed with their glow drink. It is this new skin collagen boosting drink that tastes like raspberry lemonade. And you guys know I'm absolutely hooked on their healthy hot chocolate called Organifi Gold. And this is so freaking good. I literally have it at least five times a week and it curbs my sweet tooth craving at night after dinner. And it just tastes like a delicious adaptogenic healthy hot chocolate. I can't get enough of it. Those are just a few of the incredible products that Organifi offers. So if you guys want to go check it out, head to www.organifi.com forward slash Mimi. That is Organifi spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Mimi. And then use the code Mimi at checkout for 20% off absolutely anything on their website, including sale items. This is a massive discount. The quality of their products is so incredibly high and you're getting a great deal if you take advantage of that offer. So go check it out. Let me know how you enjoy their products and let's get back to the episode. You must have countless stories from your line of work. What is one story or healing experience that stands out as truly miraculous or unexpected? It was funny because when I have healers that I train, 
a lot of times they're so in disbelief. It doesn't matter if the results are in front of them, they're in disbelief, right? So there's one gal, she did my program, teaching her how to heal level one. She came back for level two. And then when I was talking with her level two, I was like, how has it been? How's it been since level one? And you got back to your day-to-day life. She's like, I don't know. I'm not really seeing results like everybody else. I'm not even really sure if I'm a healer. In my mind, I'm like, that's interesting because I saw you in level one and you kicked ass. You were great. And level two, you're not confident. So let's talk about it. And she goes on telling me, I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I mean, yeah, I got a few healing things that I've done, but nothing as miraculous as everybody else. And I, I kept digging, digging. And she's like, yeah. I was like, tell me, tell me about these things that you've done that are not a big deal. Like, yeah, like, you know, my neighbor, she was about to put her horse down because it was like chronically ill and it's gotten to this stage to where the vets are like, like put the horse down, so on and so forth. And then, and then I was there and I was like, hey, can I put my hands on the horse? Can I do this stuff? And I, you know, magically after, after a few minutes, the horse was fine. The vets were like, what happened? The horse is fine. But other than that, I can't do much healings. Like, you know, I'm still in this space. I'm still not clear about, you know, my, my work. And the whole room laughed and I'm like, wait a second, pause and rewind. Here's what you just did. And even when I told her, she was like shocked and kind of paused for a bit, you know, and I could tell it, you know, it, it kind of sunk in. But otherwise, she was just convinced that like, you know, I'm still this, I'm still that, I'm still this, I'm not really a healer. I only did it once. <laughs> I mean, it's all this debilitating ways of thinking. So at this point, it's not even, is it possible? Is this that we have such unattainable rules for ourselves at times to where we can never just celebrate and see things for what it is because it's always skewed. So that's one of the things where I was kind of chuckling because I'm like, gosh, you are a healer, but you know, you just needed the reinforcement. But I'm like, that's a pretty cool thing to do. A lot of times just because you're a healer doesn't mean you're confident. But that's one of the ones where I'm like, all right, you are absolutely a healer through and through. It's just that through time, you know, you'll start to believe it more. Right. Have you ever encountered something so profound in a session or even just in this line of work yep. that immediately altered your own beliefs? Yeah. When I first started out, I never really worked on physical illnesses. That wasn't my thing. I was more on like blocks and how people felt. So when I started seeing that what I did started like impacting people and I've, I've had people that, that have come to me and it's no, it's no way like, you know, I, I really am very conscious about making claims about this is what it can do. It can heal. Because at the end of the day, I am a vessel for higher power to flow through me to do this. So if it's for the highest good for something to happen, then it happens. And if it's not, I surrender. It's, it, it, that's, I'm, I'm very attached to the outcome. But there, there are times where, and we have it on, we have testimonials and we have videos of people that people have seen them walk in with a crutch. They walk out without one. Right. People have come in and they've got chronic pain and several surgeries in, in their shoulder and they can't move past a certain spot. Like, you know, we do a, a healing and then afterwards, like in front of everybody else, all of a sudden they can have full range of motion. Like, you know, we've seen those things. I've seen people that have the scariest, you know, diagnoses that are terminal and myself or my healers come back and they're like, doctors don't know what happened. Here are the results. Here's what happened. They're talking it up to a miracle. They don't know what happened. So at the beginning, yeah, it's it's more, it was shocking. And now it still is for me, but it's just, it's just happened so often to where, and not that I expect it, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm grateful, but I'm still like, wow, 
this this thing really does work. <laughs> even even after all these years, I'm like, I'm still seeing the you know it get better and better and better. So for me, it's those things. It's those things that I physically see that people around me can physically verify, or it's things that my clients have done. And they're like, doctor said this, here's a picture, and this is here, and whatever it is, it's gone. And they don't know how it happened. So it's those irrefutable, undeniable, what what's going on things that get, get me to be like, okay, there's something here, and <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to keep going as, 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 as long as I can, teach people as much as I can. So this becomes, you know, more available everywhere else, right? So for me, it's always the physical stuff that, that, that still gives me that, you know, that you just like, oof. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I find that so interesting. And as you mentioned, it doesn't always work necessarily. Like there is fate involved. Why do you think the times it doesn't work, it doesn't work? It depends. Um, I feel like sometimes it is one session. Sometimes it has to be multiple sessions, right? And sometimes it's also looking at that person and making sure that they're aligned with it, that they're on board with it as well. And there's no part of them that, counter manifests or wants the other thing. So a lot of the times, a lot of times it doesn't matter. Like a lot of times something happens where it doesn't matter what they think, what they feel. And you see it all the time to where you, you hear stories of, you know, a family member, you know, and there's somebody that was going through a, you know, something terminal and they prayed and, and that's all they did. They prayed, set an intention, they prayed. And next thing you know, spontaneous recovery. You hear it all the time and you're like, wow. That person that prayed didn't even believe. They're not even living the best life. But when they said that intention, they must have done something must have aligned and, and they just tapped into something to where it happened. Right. So I can't, it's hard to know. But for me, if it has happened one time, we just keep going until it does. I bet it's so hard having that pressure on you if someone comes to you and they're sick and they aren't able to heal even through these sessions. I bet that's so much pressure. Does that feel overwhelming sometimes? It has for me at the beginning and it has for a lot of my healers. I've had healers like literally that have to train because I had one specific several years ago, his brother tried to off himself, right? So he was in a ventilator that was keeping him alive and the doctor was like, yo, 24 hours. That's it. You know, he was going to pass the next day. And then one of my healers like was like, let me do a healing on him. And I was like, All right. Like, you know, here's a lesson with free will. Like, you know, you can't, the hardest thing sometimes is family, but as a teacher and a mentor, like, and I got to step back and have people make their own decisions. So he decided to do a healing on his brother and his brother lived week after week, month after month. And it cost him pain because he was just in a, at this point, he was on life support the whole time. Couldn't move, physically gone. And his healing kept him there. And then he realized like, shoot, I shouldn't have messed with free will or this and that. It was a hard conclusion for him to come to, but he was eventually like, you know, whatever's for the highest good, I release you. If you're ready to go, you're ready to go. And within a few days, his brother passed. It was a hard lesson for healers to not, because you can heal. You're like, I want to do it for anybody and everybody and, and do the whole world. But a lot of times it's also the responsibility of like, if it's meant to, we'll facilitate it for sure and we'll do it. But if it's not, then we also have to be able to surrender, step back and be like, whatever is truly for the highest good of all, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. I'm here to facilitate. And that's all it is. The outcome, like, you know, is up to a higher power. That's the really what I adhere to. And with that, like, you know, and I explain that to everybody that comes in, right? So over time, 
You know, I've started to believe and believe in that more to where I don't feel bad. If it's family members, of course, it's a part of me. It's like, ugh, of course, kicks in and I want to, but I work on that as well. Because the closer I am, the more detached I have to be. When, I, when you're doing these kind of healings, it's like, you're not doing it from your human story, your human energy. You're going somewhere higher. So if you're attached to the outcome, if you if it's someone close to you, then you have to do way more work detaching so that you're actually healing from the right place versus healing from your mind and your, your wants and your desires and your needs. And it's just a different place to heal from. You know, it's not as effective. Yeah. Let's talk about skepticism. The tangible impact of your work is testified by thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. But yet a lot of people still question it. I feel like the world is divided by believers and non-believers. What is the most scientific or logical explanation that you can offer for the transformations of your clients? A few thoughts on that. So as far as, you know, people believe, not believe, I've stopped in a lot of ways trying to convince people. My, my mentality is I'm looking for people who are looking for me. Even that, that might be in the hundreds of millions. So I want to focus on people that choose this fully because I know how ripple effect works. If someone's skeptical, you know, who knows? They might see all the proof in the world. Nothing's going to happen. Because what, what if they need a life event to wake them up? What if they have a different path, right? And what I've learned earlier on is just because somebody, you know, has a different path than I am doesn't mean they're lost. It's just that we have different paths right? Each is right in his own accord. So for me, the way I get to people who are skeptical is I focus on the people who are ready. Because when you got people who are ready, right? I've seen this happen all the time. People who are ready. I've actually seen wives come in, like they come in, husbands are super skeptical, extremely scientists, or they work in the military, or they're just like super accounting, super, super skeptical. And I, I don't focus on them at all. I focus on the wife. Wife comes, and when she has a better life, everything changes. The results are undeniable to someone who's skeptical, and their potency and their before and after ends up convincing somebody. Because for people who are skeptical, if they're if they are to be convinced, it's through results. It's through seeing it and experiencing it. So that's what I do. I, you know, I don't really pay attention to people who are skeptical, people who are haters, people don't believe it. I don't go out of my way to convince them. I don't go out in the way to point out studies of like, look, here's the placebo effect. Here's the power of the mind. Just I don't go out of my way because there's just so much people out there who are able and willing and ready and prayed for something like this. And they're ready to go that my time is better used serving them because they're the ones that end up waking up everybody else around them anyway. So I just personally... Look for people who are looking for me. Yeah, it's a really good response. It's a lot less draining to go to go that way. Absolutely. I mean, back in the day, for sure, when I had something to prove and I had unhealed wounds of inadequacy and I had to prove myself and I had father wounds and I'm like, please like me. I'm proving them wrong. Sure. At, at, at one point, was that the energy back in the day? Absolutely. Nowadays, I mean, you just have a different understanding of how humanity works. So sometimes people are ready, sometimes they're not. And sometimes they have a different path. And I just don't take it personally because I'm here to serve the ones who I can serve. I might not be the teacher for everybody. That's okay because they might find another teacher. And as long as they get 
to the end result that they want, whether it's me getting them there or somebody else, it doesn't really matter. They're they're getting there, right? So I just understand that's how it is. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, nor is energy going to be everybody's cup of tea. It doesn't matter. As long as they get what they want from life, you don't have to believe this is the only way. It's a way. I've just come to, you know, come to realize that. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Okay, so I want to talk about the physical things that can influence your energy. Food, like what are your beliefs on what we consume and our energy? How does that influence us? I've heard from some people that you can eat whatever you want. It's all about your energy when you eat it. And then I've heard from other people that the food you eat is so important. It has to be perfect and organic and clean. Tell me your belief system on this. We primarily try to be organic, gluten-free, dairy-free. If you drink wines, biodynamic wine kind of thing, organic clothing, organic, organic everything. But the thing is, well, I've seen a correlation to where I'm not vegan. I used to be vegan, I used to be vegetarian. I'm not. When people go to our retreats in our retreat center, it's a vegan meal. Why is that? Because for somebody who's new to energy, it's a lot easier for them to tap into and get results when you're on a clean diet, right? A lot easier. And as they get better, you have tools. I have tools. You, you have tools to where even though, because the thing is, as a healer, I may feel like crap, but if I'm called to heal, I'll heal and I'll do it from a higher place to where I, I'll I'll feel better afterwards, but my limitations does not control my ability to serve. Is it sometimes more difficult when I'm in a city and there, there are 5G towers and EMFs and what I'm eating isn't organic and I'm around people who are negative and the air that I breathe, you know, isn't as pure. Is it harder? Sure. Do I take an extra five minutes that I normally wouldn't when I'm clear? Sure. Is it an inconvenience? Yes. Do I have the tools? I do, right? So I kind of live in that realm. Um, and then again, there's also the energy in the food. Like, you know, because you can have organic food, clean food. person that's preparing it is going through grief, pouring all the energy in the food. It's a matter if it's the cleanest one. Energy is energy is energy. You can just that energy. It might as well be, be as toxic as it can get. So there's also that second part of being able to clear your food and setting the attention to release all negativity is, is absorbed and bless the people that have handled it and bless them with love and, and energetically focus on that as well. So yes, I've seen environment completely affect, you know, how clear we get, how easy it is for us to access different states. I'm a big believer of like life is fluid. Like, you know, I mean, I love living here in Colorado where like, you know, we're in like, you know, 70 acres of land. I can, I don't see my neighbors. It's, farm to table, fresh, fresh fruit, fresh air. Sure. Will it deter me from traveling to, you know, New York, Los Angeles, or areas that are not as, I feel like environmentally clean because I have to be here in order to do my work. No, I just have tools to where when I'm in those situations, you know, when it's not perfect, I can still serve. Right. So I feel like, yes, it does affect you. Ideally, if you can maintain it, sure. It has to be aligned with you as well. And I think more importantly, it's your self-talk and your shame and your guilt and your rules around it. Because I've seen people, I've seen it to where one of my best friends here is a detective, lead detective in town. Like the guy walks in the room and can taste what somebody OD'd on. He knows, right? And he, and he, he drinks whiskey. Why do you drink whiskey? You think, oh, wow, person is an alcoholic. Why did he drink whiskey? Sure, if you look at it from an alcoholic point of view, I can get it. I can understand it. 
If you look at it from a health point of view, I understand it. But if I look at it from the energetic point of view, which I always factor in, you know, alcohol, sweets, sugar, they weaken the chakras. Therefore, if this person is completely overwhelmingly attached to the person that OD'd and it won't stop, that is his only tool to disconnect it. So it's not as intense. Now, is that the only tool? No. Eventually, it would be great if they learned so many tools where they can choose whiskey or several other things that they can do to feel clear. But I don't judge it because I understand that food has energetic benefits as well. And I have to look at the whole you know, spectrum of mental health, you know, your physical health. But I just understand energy health as well. So I look at it from all lenses and be like, okay, I'm not going to judge. I'm going to understand, respect educate and and you know because the thing is how you react to if you break the rules do something wrong matters sometimes way more you know because it's what you know it's that lower vibration that gets you than what you ingest i've seen it happen people eat clean all their life do all the right things and then they're, and then they're sick because it doesn't matter they have guilt shame fear running it doesn't matter if you did it perfectly right what you tell yourself and all those things are equally, a lot of times more important, can override what you eat. So I feel like factoring all of the above is important. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to jump into our quick fire round of questions. First one is, what is the most misunderstood aspect of your work? That people that do this is only for a specific belief. They're not religious. They're, they're practicing something woo-woo or witchcraft. No, we've had people that are Catholic, Christian, Islam, atheist, doesn't matter what the belief is. We've had people from like as many religions or no religion that I can think of that have come here and the principles are universal. So probably that's what it is. It's like it's so taboo and not realizing this kind of work has existed in all cultures. There's always this form. It's just that I feel like it's getting more attention now than ever. What is your must-read book on energy healing? This is I'm so bad at this. I don't read books. But I'm a browser, and a lot of the things that I learned from energy healing wasn't somebody teaching me. Actually, I went to Sedona, sat on top of a vortex, and I had a spiritual awakening there. And a lot of what I've learned has come from me being in sacred sites, you know, not having information one minute and then having it the next. And I kind of like it that way because I just didn't want to read stuff that was influenced by the human mind. For me, I wanted things a little bit more direct to source, if that makes sense. So I haven't read any book on energy healing. So it's like, I'm probably the worst person to ask that question too. Okay. Well, what is the quickest way to raise your energy? Doing your purpose work is one of them. If you're able to, like you, you're doing this podcast, I could tell as part of your purpose work, doing this raises your energy. And for people that haven't, it's doing the things that you love as a kid that you might not do as much anymore, or you kind of like don't for some reason want to do as when you do that. Like, and it raises your energy. And the cool thing is it's different for everybody, but finding it is like, what is it that I love to do as a kid? I used to do it all the time. It made me so happy. For some reason, I don't do it enough or life's gotten too busy. Whatever that is, the more you do it, it's one of the fastest ways to raise your vibration. Meditation or journaling? So my meditation is walking. It's when I'm doing a healing, that's my meditation. Or I'm in a salt bath, laying down. That's a little bit more of my meditation. And journaling is like, my wife is an avid journaler every morning. For me, it's like, when it comes, I'm on it. Pages filled. When it's not there, there's nothing. And I do both of them. But if I were to choose one, 
I'd probably choose my form of meditation, which is like salt bath, you know, serving, walking, because it's like, it's a different form of it. But I feel like whatever people get from meditation, I get from those activities as well. So those are my preferred things that I do daily. Beautiful. What are three habits that everyone must start doing? Energy checks. Like, you know, checking in, you know, how do I feel is what I feel mine. That's one. Second is constantly building your environment to that which is empowering and that which you want. So either books or people you talk to, people you're exposed to, things that you're watching has to be in the direction that you're trying to head, not one that you're trying to avoid. Second. And the third one is getting better at receiving. A lot of times I've seen the biggest issue for folks is not that they can't give, is to have a hard time receiving. Receiving compliments, receiving gifts, receiving in general. They're like, they brush it off. They're like, ah, you too, or did you do that? And I get where that came from because that used to be me. But the thing is when you're constricting and you're not allowing yourself to receive something small, what do you think happens when there's abundance or love or just like something amazing coming your way? You cannot receive it because you're you're closed off to receiving. So I feel like receiving is such a, you know, practice of daily receiving someone gives you a compliment just breathe it in and you know i receive let it go where it needs to go and get used to fully receiving without having to reciprocate those are great habits to take on now lastly what are three habits everyone must stop doing one probably would be self-criticizing we do it all the time like you know we might be like oh yeah i should be like them or this and i didn't do it well enough as like Stop just all the things that tear you down, number one. Second is stop trying to fit in a box. A lot of times people feel a lot of guilt or shame because they read a book, they see someone, they're like, oh gosh, this book told me to do this. Wake up 5 a.m. every day, but I just can't. That book works for the person that's wired and is sustainable for them to do that. If it doesn't work for you, move on and find something that does. Right, but trying to fit yourself into a box when you are uniquely designed is I see the one of the biggest causes of pain for people. And the third thing is inaction, right? Because I've seen people want to do something and once they do it, their life gets better. But they skip around. Like you know, they procrastinate. I'm not ready, I'm not good enough, it's not time yet, the lucks aren't aligned. Ten years later, they finally do that and they get the result that they want. It wasn't the 10 year journey. It was just tiptoeing around what they want because they had certain rules of how it had to look like, how fast it had to look like before they did it. So for me, it's like, stop the tiptoeing around and go on a straight line. Like, you know, want it, own it and go for it versus waiting till you feel like you're ready when that step is going to get you there anyway. Might as well do it now, right? So for me, is is that tiptoeing, procrastinating, pushing things off the things that you can do today. Beautiful. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for your time today. This has been such an eye-opening episode, and I know everyone listening is just mind-blown by your work and how eloquently you describe everything. Where can everyone find you if they want to check out more of your work? Yeah, so a lot of my free stuff, it's on Instagram, Spiritual Activator or TikTok, right? Uh, And my book as well, Spiritual Activator, probably you can get on Amazon. It is the foundation. Like, you know, it's the book that I, when I initially wrote it, my intention was, hmm, if I can travel back in time 
20 years ago, 30 years ago and hand myself something and not say anything, just give myself something. Or if I can, you know, have something I can hand to my kids, I've got three boys, hand to them and I couldn't say anything. I just handed them that would give them the foundation, set them up for life. What would it be? And then I wrote the book, <laughs> right? It's the book I wish I had um, that, you know, growing up. So I would say the book is a um, beautiful practice there. 15 days to detox your energy, remove, you know, the blocks and step into a higher vibration. So it's just a good a routine to do uh, for people that are new to energy or people that are already, may, may might be into energy, but you want something, you know, a little bit more impactful that works fast. Then I would say, get, grab the book. Um, I put all my best stuff in there or social media. Yeah, great. Well, I want to go read your book now. Thank you, Oliver, for your time and can't wait to release this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me and so much love. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found it insightful, share it with a friend or leave us a rating and a review if you are so kind. We want to bring you more episodes like this. So if you enjoyed it, please do let us know and see you next time.